Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. And on today's episode, we preview the NBA season, including every single team. In this part one of the NBA preview, we preview the Eastern Conference. That starts right here, right now, on Nutty Buddy Sports. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy. Uh, sports on today's episode we are going to preview the entire nba season playoff predictions finals predictions eastern and western i didn't tell you guys that beforehand but we are going to do eastern western finals and then finals predictions so as we're going on just just think of who you want i forgot to tell you guys that um but before we begin i got a present from um travis our friend and with me real quick i got clint clint how's it going uh, really good. It's nice that hopefully basketball season's better looking than the start of football season. I would agree. Avery, how about I'm you, feeling, man? I'm feeling mid, but I'm ready to be here. That's great. I'm glad you're here. At least the bills are not mid right now, right? True. And we're going to talk about your guy, Ja. And then Chris, Chris, how's it going, man? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So to start the podcast, uh, I'm going to do a live opening and put it on YouTube of this gift that Travis got me because he requested it. So Travis, this is for you, even though you can't bother to show up on the podcast in which I'm opening this. So I hope you you listen. So let's let's start with that. So I'm opening it up. This this might be your best video ever because unboxing, you know, you can get yeah, it. That, that gets it. So this is what it looked like. It's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. I saw half the shirt, and that's what we got. <laughs> that is an amazing that's shirt. That's great. You should sharpie in a little W next to it because they did win that game. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. Thanks, Travis. I will probably wear it at some point. At some point, maybe to the Dolphins game because I'm going to two of them. So, uh, oh no, just one. Just one. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, and for those who are listening, you'll just have to go on YouTube and watch the unboxing. It'll be like a 30-second video. Um, are you guys ready to get into previewing the NBA season? You yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, perfect. So we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, by the way, Luke will be here in a moment. Uh, he's running a little late, but for, for right now, us four will hold down the fort. And we're going to start with the Boston Celtics. They just actually played tonight. They actually look pretty good, uh, and um, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so some of the uh, bigger additions, they added Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Gallinari. Gallinari, though, I think is out for the season. And then they lost Oduka. They're, uh, did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Udoka. Yeah, Udoka. 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 Uh, their, their coach. So... Let me just ask, maybe I'll start with, I'll start with Clint here. Clint, any of these moves that you liked, disliked, question? Um, I mean, I like that they, as much as I don't like the dude, I like that they got Malcolm Brogdon for their team, their bench depth. Um, they were a little light on the bench, you know, last year, but at least they have something competent. If healthy, <laughs> just a big thing with Brogdon, if he's healthy, he should fit in exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. He looked he looked pretty good tonight. Um, a- any other thoughts on any of their additions or Malcolm Brogdon? Go ahead, Avery. Yeah, that's what I had down too. I liked Malcolm Brogdon when he was in Milwaukee. He was kind of a shell of himself when he was in Indiana. 
the trade made sense for Boston. They're coming off the finals. So to add a little depth to that position makes sense for them. Um, and he looked pretty good tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. The only concern obviously I had with him that I'll bring up is last year, he shot 31% from three and uh, you, you kind of want spacing around Tatum and Brown. So we'll see if that improves, if he goes back to sort of a, a better shooter, like he was in Milwaukee, but yeah, he was 31% from uh, three last year. Uh, real quick. How big of a loss do you think it is? Anybody have an opinion that Gallinari is out? Anybody have an opinion on that? No. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like he was kind of assurance. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah. I don't think he would have played it much in the playoffs. Anyhow. I think he was just like a good guy to eat minutes and then come the playoffs. You know, you can't have that his defense on the court for more than a few minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I feel, I feel like the, the Robert Williams thing with his knee injury and having surgery and that impacts them a lot more than the Gallinari ACL. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Avery. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Chris, did you have something to add? Yeah, just uh, with Brogdon, I think it'll be good for him to be coming off the bench again because he wants to be he wants to shoot all the time. So if you know he's coming off the bench and they need that offense offensive spark, that's a better role for him than to be playing with you know three offensive guys who are maybe better than him, and he's stealing shots, which is kind of his mo. Um, so, and then as far as Gallinari, uh, I think he'd be kind of superfluous with Derek White. And then I guess they're pretty high on Sam Hauser. I have no idea if he played tonight at all, but Gallinari would probably be, be third behind the, them. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so let's uh, go into our next topic with the Boston Celtics. Does anybody have any concerns uh, questions, statements, or hot takes for this team? Go ahead, Avery. Just the finals hangover. Can they get over it? Can they even make it back? I think is the biggest question. You've got the Nets that look really good. The Bucks are going to be a big contender. The 76ers are. The East is really good this year. Um, so how do they make it back? How do the changes they've made get them back to the NBA finals? And I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like we'll we'll talk about who we have, but like the fact that they barely beat um the Bucks when they didn't have Middleton, I just feel like that's I don't know if Brogdon changes that. This you know, like are you gonna be way better than Milwaukee? I don't think so. Um my my kind of concern though is losing your coach for the entire year. Um, a lot of the players, the organization, they kind of mentioned how important that guy was to the growth of the team and the players. I wonder if that will have an impact how and how big of an impact they have. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the depth that they have, my question was not only the hangover, but they got a lot of personalities in there. A lot of guys that aren't going to play the roles they're probably accustomed to over the years, especially with between like Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon. Where are we going to cut minutes when we get into uh, some of these playoff games, Grant Williams doesn't seem to be like a fan favorite or a team favorite. So Udoka seemed to hold them together with his big personality with him gone. If some, some feelings get hurt, some issues come up, can the new coach keep them together or will they just kind of implode with egos? Go ahead, the, only, the only caveat I would have to that is Brad Stevens is still with the team. He's in the front office. He coached that team really, really well. So he's still a part of the team. 
he can still implement things. He's still high up there. Um, it's the only caveat I'd have to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they do have consistency there. That's fair. Yeah, I just I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of like just as a concern, like you can't give that coach that much credit, and then him being gone and being like it's not going to affect the team. I just I just don't know if that's possible, but um, we'll see how much you know it will affect him. Anything else on the Celtics? Go ahead, Chris. Um, I guess just with them, um, maybe Robert Williams will be back for the playoffs, but I don't think that's a you know given or a guarantee considering this is a cop, this is a reoccurring injury multiple times. Um, without him, do they have any rim protection? Their biggest rival is the Bucs. I, I give Horford his props. He did pretty well against Giannis in the playoffs, but you know, that was also part of a team defense. So with no Robert Williams, they don't have a backup center. I don't count Tyus, uh, Blake Griffin. That's just, they only have him to try to, you know, do a dirty play on Giannis and take out his knees. So, you know, rim protection, backup center, that sort of thing. That could be a big problem for them. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't have Robert Williams, that, that will definitely um, affect that team. Because he's such a, I think uh, yesterday we were doing a fantasy draft and he averaged like 2.3 blocks a game. That's huge. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Like we'll pretty see. limited minutes too. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay. Any other, anything else on the Celtics? Yeah. Tatum looked really good tonight. Brown looked really good tonight. Those two guys are great. Okay. So let's do our predictions. Uh, let's start with Avery. What do you have the Boston Celtics as? Contender, playoff, plan, or lottery? A solid playoff team. Okay, so Boston is a playoff team to you. Clint? Uh, I have them as a contender. Okay. Um, Chris? Yeah, I'm with Avery here. I could easily see, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, um, but I'll hedge a little bit with the the finals hanging over. So I'll say uh, playoffs. Okay, perfect. I'm I'm with Clint. I have him as a contender. Uh, if you know, if Milton goes down again, uh, you know, I think they could could beat the the Bucks again. So it's it's and it's not on the realm of possibility either. Okay, you guys ready to move on? Let's go to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so some of the big additions they had: uh, T.J. Warren, Royce O'Neal. Uh, both they added both of those guys, and also Ben Simmons will actually be playing basketball this year. It seems uh, big biggest loss for them: uh, Bruce Brown. So any any uh, takeaways from their roster moves in the offseason? Things you like? Go ahead, Avery. Yeah, I know we talked about it for about an hour on the NBA podcast last time, but Ben Simmons was the best addition this team could have, even though he's not offensively productive, his defense is astonishing. And that's exactly what this team is lacking in, especially when you've got Durant and Kyrie running the offense. It's the missing piece. I think this is the best team in the East and it's the East is going to run through Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Is, is okay. Save that for the next, next topic, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a great, um, yeah. I'll also say the two additions of Warren and O'Neal, they are now bigger and Joe Harris is also coming back. Uh, I, I felt like last year against the Celtics, one of the things that they, you know, 
they fell apart because they had a bunch of guys who were like six, three and smaller on the court at all times. And it's just now you're adding like bigger defensive players. And I think that's can help. Uh, Royce O'Neal shot 38% from three last year and TJ Warren, the last time he was healthy, he shot about 40% from three. So they also aren't going to be like liabilities on offense. They can spread the court. And I think that's going to work well, like with, um, Kyrie Durant and Ben Simmons who can run the court and hit trailers and, 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 um, get other people involved. So, uh, I really like those additions. Yeah. Not to mention they have Seth Curry and Nick Claxton who were kind of staples for them last year. They, they really do have a good roster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually mm-hmm. like their roster a lot. Um, okay. Anything else about, uh, go ahead, uh, Chris. Yeah. I just think, uh, TJ Warren, um, I'll be honest. I don't know how much he did last season. I think he was hurt most yep. of the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, if he's healthy, I think he's a big upgrade from Joe Harris because he's disappeared pretty. I know maybe Warren is a delight. So three point shooter, but he's all around better offensively and Harris disappeared the last two playoffs when they desperately needed him to be a three point shooter. So that, that was a really nice pickup for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, okay. Let's, uh, any big questions, concerns, statements, hot takes for the Brooklyn Nets? Go ahead, Clint. Uh, I think this team comes down to obviously health with most of these teams, but the, the Nets have a lot of guys that are in and out. So health and team chemistry. I think if, if it all comes together, they're closer to what Avery was saying. <laughs> if they're in the middle, um, I think they'll, they'll still be a playoff team and, and it has, this also has the opportunity to totally implode upon itself in about six weeks, in about eight weeks or whatever. So I, I think it just, it's going to come down to team chemistry and is Ben Simmons going to actually, you know, not just play, but you know, is he just going to turtle up or I don't know. I, I am not nearly as confident as Avery was. So <laughs> go ahead, Avery. I think we're at the point where we're kind of glossing over what happened in the offseason. There was a lot of things that happened with this team, aside from the whole Kyrie playing half the year. Um, with Kevin Durant demanding a trade, demanding that his coach and GM get fired, and then like a few weeks later shutting up and playing basketball. But I still think that this is the best team in the league. Like when you look at their starting six or seven players, you know, Kevin Durant's the borderline best player in the NBA. Kyrie Irving's one of the best point guards in the East and their roster is full of shooters. And you got Ben Simmons, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. Like if they can put it together in the first couple of weeks, it's going to be really scary to play this team in a seven game series. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's been examples. I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about examples of teams that were in sort of disarray and they came together at the, you know, in the season they won titles like Kobe, when right before they traded Gasol or the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, you know, so if they can just get it together, um, you know, the Kyrie thing I think is, is, is more of the big question for me because the last three years he's played 20, 54 and 29 games, you know, the last three years. Uh, So can he play more? Does he want to play more? Is he going to need like a three week vacation to get his mind right? and ponder over the flatness of the earth. I don't know. Like we don't know those things. So that, that kind of is the big question for me when it comes to Kyrie, but um, in the nets, because Kyrie's got to be a big part of that. And I know last year it was a lot with COVID, so it's not going to be an issue this year. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. 
Any other thing? Any other things to bring up about the Nets that we want to talk about? No, we're good. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and protect. Uh, let's uh, go with Avery. How do you think uh, their season's going to end? Well, I've already voiced it. They're a contender. Um, they should be in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll see them there. And then I think it runs through Brooklyn. Okay, interesting. Okay, I like the. I like the. That's sort of a hot take. I'm just going to throw it out there. You should have used that as a hot take. Be like, okay. hey. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel take. that way, so you can. You, 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 you didn't think it was it that way. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna angle it that way. I'm gonna put a hot take flame under that. Uh, okay, Clint, what about you? Uh, playoffs. Playoffs. Okay. Uh, um, Chris, I'm sorry, Chris. What about you? Uh, yeah, I have. All, I also have the playoffs. I if if they have the chemistry right, yes, Avery is right. They very much are a contender based on talent alone. But uh, Kyrie and Ben Simmons are the living embodiment of the SpongeBob. I don't feel like it, you know, mindset. So I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, one boo from a visiting team, and Ben Simmons is going to go crying off the court. So, um, <laughs> but seriously, I think it'll take probably a little while for them to kind of gel. So maybe they won't have the strongest regular season. But yes, no one would want to face them in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Avery. I just have a question for Clint. So you have the the Celtics as a contender, but not the Nets. If you think they get into a seven game series, why do you see the Celtics winning that? Uh, I just think the Celtics have the well, if, especially the Celtics. They have the wing guys to cover uh, the Nets, uh, and I don't think the changes the Nets have made from last year, I don't think would drastically improve their odds against the Celtics because I, I still think in order for Ben Simmons to keep it together, he's going to have to play. And if you're going to play Ben Simmons against the Celtics and a few other teams, I, I don't think his defensive upgrade is good enough to overcome the, def- the offensive deficiencies that it would create on the other side. Okay. That's fair. I respect your opinion. I feel differently about it. I feel that his defensive ability is top, you know, what yeah, I, I mean, like, I'll just, like, I was watching the preseason game and I was watching the Nets feed and the Nets feed was like, look at Ben Simmons defense. And it was literally Giannis just throwing them all over the court. And they were like, <laughs> look at the defensive position. And he just hammered them as Giannis was going up for yeah. a dunk. And I'm like, okay, I, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, I think is a good defender, but against, bigger and I think like you'd be great against Jalen Brown I think that's but I don't think he could do much to Jason Tatum uh, or a guy like Giannis so I think he has spots for it but I think in a playoff series some of their shooting is going to come into question because their defensive liabilities a lot of those guys so the the pick and choose I don't think the Celtics would sweep them again (laughs) but um, I don't think the Nets would beat the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, or Cavs in a series. Ooh, int- wow. Cavs. Oh, that's Cavs a hot take. I don't know if I go that far. Yeah, okay. Okay. I can't <laughs> I, wait to I get to Ben Simmons being a better defensive player that if you have KD locking down Tatum and you've got Ben Simmons locking down Brown, then what are your yeah, options? But, Marcus but if you get to the fourth quarter of a playoff game and like Ben Simmons can't make free throws in Milwaukee in a preseason game, like what is a team going to do in the fourth quarter? Be like, all right, you want to put Ben Simmons in the game? Yeah, but cool. then you That's just don't true. give him the ball. Like Durant or Kyrie is yeah. going to have the ball regardless in clutch time. All right. Well, then you don't, you then it's five on four and you don't have to cover the dude. I mean, I guess. Maybe that's what TJ Warren is for because they're about the same size. 
can, yeah, can, do, go ahead. Well, just on, off Avery points, uh, if if the Warriors can find a way to win with Draymond Green on the court, uh, Ben Simmons being more athletic, a, a little bit taller, I think they can find a way to win with you know with the offensive woes. That, that that's where I, I would come. Like to me, I think we we focus too much on offense sometimes. Like there's two sides of the ball and you can have one guy on the court at all times that might not be able to shoot, you know, as long as you have four mm-hmm. other guys, like, and that's the way NBA has basically always been played, especially in the modern mm-hmm. era. So I think it can be overstated at times that he can be a liability in offense. I personally think that he can actually defend Tatum. And I'll tell you why is because PJ Tucker can defend Tatum. Uh, it, it, Tatum does not like physical defense. He kind of like he he kind of shrinks from it at times. So if if mm-hmm. Ben Simmons comes back being that like top five defender that he was before he he you know had his his meltdown, uh, he I think he can handle Tatum. Now what does that mean? Does that mean that Tatum won't average twenty eight points a game? No, but he, he Tatum will probably average twenty eight points a game. But he'll make him work for those twenty eight points. And to be fair with the Giannis argument, totally get it but there's like not one person that can guard Giannis. So to me, it's like, uh, can he make Giannis work? Yeah. But who, I mean, like, come on. It's like, you know, nobody's going to guard Giannis. I just think the difference between Draymond and Ben Simmons is much wider than people want to admit. Plus I would argue that the defense that the shooters on the seven, uh, on the Warriors play is much better than the defense of the shooters of the Nets. Oh, see, but I like Royce O'Neal. I like him as a defender. But Royce O'Neal really can't shoot. He was well, he's not going to get playoff minutes. Right. So that's what I mean, like these. Last year, he shot 38% from three. I know. But he was like God awful the last two years in the playoffs, which is why they dumped him. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah. I just, I, I see, I can see how it works. Like if it all comes to place and it clicks, like I don't disagree that the Nets would be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think between the mental uh, liabilities of Ben Simmons and the whole team that someone will always be upset this whole season. And it will just, it won't work because if Joe Harris is healthy, Joe Harris has to play big minutes. And if Joe Harris is playing big minutes, then who's not playing big minutes. Right. And Markeith Morris, he's a good bench player, but Markeith Morris, what the heck is that guy going to do if he's not playing at all? Right. <laughs> like they have some, there's a couple other teams, like they have so many moving parts that if one goes, then I think you just have a team full of guys that are going to pick sides. And then come January, Kevin Durant is like, cool. Send me back to Phoenix. Now that we can trade uh, Deandre eight. Now that his six months are up since his contract. That I I can see where you're coming from. I, I'm I'm more on I'm I lean a little bit more towards Avery on this, and that's why I'm picking the Nets as contenders. Only because I I also want to look at like okay the the team at the peak best is there a contender? Now obviously there's other factors that we can't predict. Maybe the Kyrie thing is more predictable than any other player in the NBA about how, how disinterested disinterested he can be during the season. But uh, so I totally get where you're coming from Clint, but I'm going to, I'm going to give them a contender. I'm actually with Avery on that. Okay. Anything to add on the Nets discussion? We good. Okay. For the Ben Simmons podcast. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the New York Knicks. So 
They added uh, Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Harkenstein uh, to their team. That were notable ads for me. And then they lost Burks and Noel. Those were the only notable losses. So anything uh, about their roster you guys want to talk about? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, real quick. How many of you would have given Brunson the money that, to get him to be a Nick? Would anybody have done that deal? No, Chris. Clint? No, Avery, would you have given Brunson that deal? Maybe. I mean, who else do they have a point guard? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I wrote down for the Brunson, meh. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't think it's a killer yeah. contract because the TV deal is going to go up in a couple of years and it won't look like a terrible contract, but it just it falls into one of those like, all right, you need a point guard, but what what is it actually going to do for you against all these mm-hmm. teams that we're going to say are playoff teams or contenders? Are you going to be like, well, we have Jalen Brunson. Now we're on path. Like, all right. So eh. the only thing yeah. I would say to that is he he's looked good in the playoffs the last two years. Like he shot really well. Yeah. Like that's the mm-hmm. only thing I can say to it. Yeah. I, he, I, he did I, carry their offense with Doncic not playing, which I yeah. wouldn't have necessarily expected because I think he is a good player, but you know, in Doncic's shadow or Doncic's drawing attention, you know, or now he's the guy. He did do better than I expected, but I don't know. The roster is just very blah. I mean, it does kind of feel like another New York Knicks signing where they give a lot of money to a player who's okay, and then they get lost in the New York scene and they're not very good. Yeah. That's no, I can- yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I, I, every every take, um, Avery, such such a Nick signing. Uh, they kind of get the B B free agent out there when they really want like an A. Like he, they probably would have rather had Mitchell, uh, someone like Donovan Mitchell, and they get Brunson. Uh, I, I, uh, I I got another statement, but we'll get into the next part because it kind of goes into it. So, any questions, concerns, statements, or hot takes when it comes to the New York Knicks? Anyone got anything? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, will Julius Randle bounce back because he was legit really good in his role two years ago, and then he took a big step back last year. Yeah. So, you know, him bouncing back to that spot will be big for them. Yeah, I if have a – yeah, if he can. I have written that down too, and I have a 2021 he shot 45% from the field, 41% from three. 2022 he was 41% from the field and 30% from three so he definitely took a nose dive and that was, was sort of like a question I had is like did do they think that bringing someone in like Brunson will allow you know Julius Randle to not put so much weight on his shoulders and that's why they went for that signing is like if we can just get a competent point guard in here it could work but uh, we'll see how that works I guess Okay, anything else on the Knicks? No? Okay, let's predict. How do you think the Knicks season ends, Chris? Uh, I do have them as a 10 seed as the play-in. I don't feel super confident. One of these young teams with a lot of rookies might push them for that, but I'll I'll be safe and say they're the 10 seed. Oh, yeah. Um, I also am with you. I have them as uh, in the play-in game. Avery? Yep, I feel the same way as Chris. Clint play in. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. We all got them in the play in. So Brunson was enough to get them into the, into the dance. Then <laughs> that's what we, okay. Perfect. 
Okay, you guys ready to move on to Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going at a really nice pace. Uh, okay, offseason moves. I, I didn't have anybody notable that they lost. I mean, Andre Drummond, I think, was the biggest name, but I didn't think that was really that notable. Uh, additions, they got Daniel House, DeAnthony Milton, and P.J. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, well, why don't I just ask you, Avery, right off the bat, because you're a Memphis Grizzly guy because you follow John Morant. Uh, what, what, what do you think that does for them getting, uh, Melton? How did you feel about that, uh, trade? Um, I'm sad that he's not with us anymore. Um, he's 25. He brings a lot of energy off the bench. He can shoot really well from three. He transitions the ball really well. He's an average defender. So I don't think he adds on that side of the ball. Um, but coming off of the bench for them, he should add some energy and some scoring capabilities. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, that uh, addition to, to help with uh, the ball movement with the second unit. Uh, any other thoughts on the roster moves? Rockets 2.0? Are, are we going Rockets 2.0? Go ahead, Chris. I uh, just, uh, PJ Tucker is just a, is a good glue guy. Um, I wasn't personally one that was wailing and gnashing their teeth that the Bucks didn't re-sign him because I thought he was a little overpriced for what he was at, but he's still a good guy to have on your team. Um, he's going to bring a lot of heart and toughness to the locker room. And when you have a soft guy like Harden, maybe you can keep him, keep him in check and motivate him. So I think that was a really good, and he's just, he's a solid defensive player. He can hit corner three. So just a good pickup overall. Yeah. I could. Yeah. My, I like what they did. My only concern with, um, playing PJ Tucker is will it kill their offense too much in a crunch time in a playoff setting where it bogs down? Like I know he can hit corner threes and you know, that's fine, but I doubt that, you know, with two minutes left, I mean, even the bucks didn't kick it to him in the corner often for threes when it was hmm. like <laughs> in the game, like tight. So you I don't know. Like ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like the way Embiid plays opposed to like, the way the Bucks played with PJ Tucker, if that kind of style can grind out enough offense in a big time series, that would be my only concern. Otherwise I think PJ Tucker is what they need as, as Chris said, so you don't have someone tissue paper soft as James Harden out there in a game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I thought that's, that was the better, the best signing they had this off season. Um, <clears throat> Okay, any questions, concerns, hot takes, statements that you want to make about the Philadelphia 76ers? I'll go ahead, Avery. Obviously, we know James Harden in the playoffs is mid. Um, but if Tyrese Maxey takes another step, like he's mm -hmm. going to be one of the best players in the NBA in the next couple of years. Like He looks mm -hmm. really good. He's twitchy. He's athletic. He can do everything on the offensive side. Um, I think mm -hmm. he's going to be more important to this offense than James Harden. Ooh, that's a good statement. I, I like that. I, one. Agree that. I agree with that hot take. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, the only problem is, is their head coach is doc rivers and he does not like to make adjustments. So like, even if Maxi is the guy that should have the ball in big moments, uh, he will let um, Harden have it. That's, that's just his MO. That's, that's what he's always done. He sticks with his guys. Mm -hmm. So that, that'd be a concern of mine is like, if Maxi does take that leap. And like you mentioned, this is all about playoffs for Philadelphia at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Will, will doc rivers make that adjustment 
history tells us no. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I will say the only thing to that is, like, the offense should go through Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't even be in James Harden's hands. And then mm-hmm. it goes to Laxey. So, if you're right and the second option is James Harden, then they're doing something wrong. Yeah, correct, correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else on Philadelphia? No? Go ahead, Chris. Just that if you look at their second unit, I think it's really strong. And I think that's going to be big for a regular season. Um, obviously, in the playoffs, you kind of shorten it up a little bit. Um, but this is probably like a, this could easily be a 60 win team. Um, the second unit being Thibault, Melton, Harrell, Niang, House, Korkmaz. I, that's all just really, really solid bench players. So, probably one of the best benches in the league. If not the best, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's a good bench. Uh, I think there might be a, a one better, which we'll get to when we get to the Western Conference. So we'll talk about that. Um, okay, anything else? Okay, let's predict their season then. Uh, let's see, Clint, what do you have the 76ers as? I have them as a contender. Contender, okay. Uh, Chris, what do you have them as? I also have them as a contender. Okay. Uh, Avery. A solid playoff team, just like the Boston Celtics. Yeah. And I'm with you, Avery. I think me and you are, t- you know, uh, no, no, I had the Celtics as a contender as well. But I, I think the 76ers, as long as James Harden is the guy that they'll rely on with the ball, you know, second option, and Doc Rivers is their head coach, I just don't have any faith that they'll make a good playoff run. I just, I'm sorry, I just can't. So, uh, I'm I am thinking. I'm, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think maybe, maybe as Harden gets older, he's coming down. Maybe he'll have the uh, awareness to realize he's not, he's lost a step. He's not a what it was. As he goes down, Maxi, you know, shifts the balance. And that would probably only be a good thing for them. Yeah, that's true. But like uh, Harden doesn't seem like a guy who's going to age like gracefully no. in the sense of being no. humble enough to be like, hey, this guy's better. He he, he He's going to be more like Russell Westbrook to me is like he's just going to be yeah. sort of stubborn to his style. Yeah, and yeah, we'll have to see. OK, you guys ready to move on to the Raptors? Yeah. OK, Toronto Raptors. The only offseason move I put down as note is adding Otto Porter. <laughs> Um, so any, anything else you guys want to add to their, they didn't really add anyone to the roster. Okay. Let's go. Any questions, comments, concerns, statements, hot takes that you have of Toronto Raptors. Uh, go ahead, Clint. Number one. No. Um, well, the, <laughs> will the small ball, um, and their health, not will they not tire themselves out? They play Nick Nurse plays big minutes on a lot of those guys, which I think helps them overachieve in the regular season, but also mm-hmm. can kind of hurt them down the end. But um, just if they stay healthy, I think they're one of those sneaky teams that I mean, I know I said it last year that the Raptors would beat the Sixers in the first round or whatever. And I was minus with you. The, I mean, minus that prayer from yeah. Joel Embiid in the one series, like I think. You and I were kind of on track with that. The way that series was playing out, the longer it went, the Raptors were making progress. But it's hard when mm-hmm. you're playing that style because you have to, you know, sustain the blows of some of the depths and the size of these teams. So I just wonder if they can 
keep their health with all these guys enough to keep that barrage of six, eight guys flying at you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, Scotty Barnes, I like him. I think he's going to make another step this year. Uh, take another mm-hmm. step. I should say, can they stay healthy? Uh, the thing that concerns me, uh, too, is just a lack of big man. Like when you're in the Eastern conference and you have to play Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Joel Embiid and that you kind of need someone big. And they're 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 planning on playing Siakam, who's six nine at center, with this small ball lineup. Now we'll see if it works, but I I doubt it. Um, they will always have a coaching advantage for the most part in any series they play because of Nick Nurse. But that that's something mm-hmm. that concerns me. So I wonder if they'll make a trade for a big man at some point, someone who's like seven foot that mm-hmm. can pound and beat a little bit. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Okay, anything else on Toronto, guys? Boring. Yeah. Boring. Oh, see, I, I actually I, I like them a little bit, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I like them, though. Okay, let's predict uh, Toronto's uh, outcome of the season. Boring, he says. I'm going to have to defend all the Toronto fans out there that's going to watch our YouTube <laughs> clip of this because they'll be spamming us like the Texans fans did for the, the NBA. <laughs> I mean, the NFL preview. Uh, okay, uh, Avery, why don't you tell me, what do you think they're going to finish this season? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence between a lottery and a plan, so Ooh. I'll just go lottery. Oh, you're going lottery? Whoa. What? Okay, okay. Clint, what about you? Uh, well, we're going to be on the opposite end. I have them as the sixth seed, so I have them as the playoff team. Playoffs. Okay, hey, Chris? Yeah, I, I have them as the four seed. I think that's their max ceiling. Um, they're a good team. They just don't have the oomph to make a deep run. But, you know, that that's fine. They're, they're good way around and make things difficult for the second round. But, yeah, that's, that's their ceiling. Yeah, I have them playoffs as well. So, them missing the playoffs. Avery, man. Ooh, I okay. Think, I think what we need for Avery, then, is the first round of the Nets-Raptors. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I don't we'll see do. how they're better than the Nets, Celtics, uh, Celtics, oh, Cavs, Bucks, Hawks. I mean, well, yeah, we'll talk Bulls. about the Hawks and the Cavs. Yeah. No, well, how is this team any better than any of those teams I just listed? That's like seven or eight teams. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, we're going to talk about those other teams. I have more concerns with those other teams than this one. I think this is like a really good regular season team because they're so switchable on defense. They play really good mm-hmm. defense. And Nick but, Nurse is a great coach. Don't yeah, that's yeah, really thing. good. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see the roster being as good as any of the other teams. Oh, yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. We'll talk about those teams, and let's do that now. We're going to talk about one of those teams you brought up because we're going in the Central Division, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, biggest additions uh, or moves was I don't I don't know why I wrote this down, but Drummond and Drogic. And all I have next to those is no thanks to both of them. Like, no thanks. Uh, yeah. Any any other thoughts uh, about the addition of the Bulls this offseason? Or yeah. subtractive? I think, I think they're fine. I mean, they're good veteran players that know how to play in the regular season that will come off the bench and be adequate, better than some of your younger players. Yeah, yeah, I think – they have a, a solid roster, but let's, let's actually get into that a little bit more. So any, any other questions, statements, hot takes with the bulls? Go ahead, Chris. Um, just that they were already a not very good defensive team. And then 
Uh, I wouldn't count on Lonzo Ball playing this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said like a week ago that he's like limping around like an old man. Like he doesn't know what's wrong with his knee. It's just like horrible. Um, So are they going to be able to stop anyone? Dragic and Drummond are not (laughs) the solution to that problem. So that's the big thing. Yeah. Speaking of team that should have went after TJ Warren, go ahead, uh, Clint. Uh, I just wrote down, did the Bulls peak like last year, the first half of the season, and it's just downhill from there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I kind of like I agree with that. Like, again, so like the Raptors not having a big man when you think about like who they have to play in their conference. I feel the same way about the the Bulls. Like they still have no big defensive wing. Now you can say like Patrick Williams, they kind of hope that he's that guy. But like mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure to put on him to guard Tatum and Durant and Giannis and all these big guys. And he's only six seven. He's not like massively big or anything or long. Well, he's long, but he's not like long enough to challenge those guys in a way that's meaningful right now, at least. So I don't know. Them not going after anyone defensive you know, defensive wings, that's super concerning. And obviously the way they finished last season, they had that hot start. They dropped all the way down to the sixth seed, and then they got just spanked by the Bucs. Uh, you know, so have teams kind of figured out their sort of uh their system and their scheme to the point where they're not going to be effective. Anything else on the bowls? Go ahead, Chris. I think do think uh, AO is pretty nice up and coming player. Yeah. Um, so Tim, if he improves, that'll be big for them. And uh, I think Patrick Williams showed some flashes even in that Bucks series. So you know if they look to the young guys, I would just go all in on them than <laughs> fart around with Drummond and Dragic. Yeah. Uh, it, I do have a little bit of a hot take. I think that if they start off slow, uh, DeMar DeRozan will be a Laker by the trade deadline. That's like my hot take. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll trade those two unprotected first round picks in Westbrook to get DeRozan. Um, okay. You guys ready to predict their outcome? Uh, Clint, what do you got? Uh, the Bulls says playing Chris playing. Avery playoff playoff. And I too have the bulls as a play in team. Avery with the playoffs, solid playoff team. Okay. I didn't say solid. Okay. Just, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Don't put words in my mouth, Brian. (laughs) DeRozan seems to be unstoppable in the regular season. It's true. He, he, Mm -hmm. he sort of has that niche. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm excited. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, I was going to say with the Bulls, I think maybe, you know, I don't know if they have much of a drop off. For me, it's just a little bit of the teams behind them catching up and passing them as far as them being a playing team. Not necessarily that they're going to like drop off big or anything, but that's all. No, I agree. Because sort of like Avery said, when he we were talking about Toronto, it's like we got a lot. The East is so deep if you look at all the teams. So some teams have to miss the playoffs. Some teams have to be in the playing game. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of teams made improvements, including the next team we'll talk about, which is the C- Cleveland mm-hmm. Cavaliers. So um, they added Donovan Mitchell and Isaiah Mobley. I thought Mobley was a good one to mention because his older brother is obviously Evan Mobley. So you're just making him happy. Uh, they mm-hmm. lost Colin Sexton and Laurie Marketing, which I thought was kind of a little bit notable because that's, you know, um, they played those three bigs last year. Mobley, 
Allen and Markkinen. And for some reason it worked like they were really good defensively. So any, anything, you know, as far as their additions, their subtractions, anything, uh, go ahead, Avery. To be able to keep top three NBA player, Darius Garland, and then get um, <laughs> spite of dad Mitchell and keep your big guys, your young big guys. I, I think mm-hmm. this team improved a lot with the trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they're going to be, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to be mm-hmm. fun to watch. And I love Mobley. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, okay. Let's go into anything else about the additions. Okay. Let's go into our um, big questions, concerns, hot takes, statements, and anything we have on the Cavs. Go ahead, Clint. My only concern is can the terrible defense of their guards be overcome by the awesome defense of their big men. It's a, it's a back and forth and I think they'll address it through the season, but they don't have a perimeter guy. I mean, I should say a wig defender or a wing guy um, against some of these teams that they're going to face, but um, I like what they've done. I think at least in the regular season, I think it will um, tear through a lot of teams but if they can balance out Mitchell and Garland so that it's not just your turn, my turn, your turn back and forth all the time, um, I think they'll be a, a really good team. Go ahead, Avery. Yeah, that was my biggest question too, was what does this offense look like when sharing the ball between those two guys? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they share it equally or how do they decipher who runs what play is? Yeah, I think Garland, he's he's a willing passer, which I think will help that dynamic. But you are right, because Mitchell is so good and explosive with the ball. You want both of them to sort of have the ball. Chris, you had a point? No, I just totally agree with these guys. Um, how long is it going to take to really gel 20, 30, you know, 40 games? Um, so that might, that might depress their wins a little bit for maybe what the expectations are. But I think they'll be all systems go by the time the playoffs roll around. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like I, my big concern with them is, you know, you kind of mentioned it, uh, the two the two guards. It's not that they don't just not play defense. They're both 6-1. And I when in the modern NBA, when have we seen a contender have two 6-1 guards that was effective? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I don't know if they'd ever reach contender status, but the Blazers. Right. And Willard that, and, and McCollum. Right. And that's my point. So even at the best, like, let's say they, they're like as good as Lil, uh, uh, um, Damian Lillard and McCollum. That's the only, the only example I can think of. That's just didn't work out for the Blazers. Like, and I, to me, that's like the best. So that's my big concern is like, mm-hmm. you know, neither, not only don't they play defense that well, but even if they tried their six one. So when you're playing like Boston mm-hmm. or Toronto or these, uh, the, you know, the the box, man, y- you know, you, you're going to have a size disadvantage on, on, in the front court all game. So I'm kind of curious how that will play out. I'm really worried about that for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. So um, anything else about the Cavs? Okay. Uh, one other, oh, go ahead, Chris. Just that they might be a little deeper than we think because Rubio is coming back. Love is still hanging around. Uh, I forgot they have Karis LeVert, who mm. is a pretty nice offensive player. So they can go pretty much nine deep or so. So just a good roster all around. 
Yeah, yeah, I will. I, I agree. I, I do have a hot take. I think that the pairing with Murray and Trey Young is better than this pairing. That's my hot take. Go ahead. Go ahead, Clint. Well, I was just like, I can log off now. No, <laughs> you don't like it, huh? We'll get to the Hawks. Okay, okay, okay. I like the guard pairing. I'm the the rest of the team. I like for the Cavs, but the guard pairing, the fact that Murray is a defensive six five guard, I like that pairing with with Young versus these two six one guys. Okay, let's predict their season. Uh, Avery, what do you got the Cavs as playing team? Playing. Okay, uh, Chris. Playoffs. Clint. I have them as my five seed the playoffs. Okay. I am with Avery. I have them as a play-in team. Okay. Okay. My, my question, if we want to circle back, is Evan Mobley an all-star this year? Who maybe one year away, but he's on the, he's on the path. I'll go one year away. I think there's too many yeah. big games that'll take that spot, but next year he's got it. I agree. I agree. I think there's this year, especially there'll be growing pains among the team. You know, like like you said, as they're figuring things out, so he might have a late start for that. So I'm I'm with you guys there. Okay, any okay, let's uh oh boy, let's just skip this next one. <laughs> the next team here we go, the Detroit Pistons. What? Okay, off season moves. They got Ivy and Duran in the draft, and then they got uh, Bojan Bodanovich from the. Uh, Jazz, Burks, both of them shoot about 40% from three, which they needed desperately. And Noel, they lost Olenek and Grant. Okay, anything, you comments about their their offseason move? Go ahead, Avery. I love the upside of Jaden Ivey. He feels like a prototype of the John Morant, like hyper-athletic kind of do-anything-on-offense kind of guy. It'll take him probably two or three years to put it all together, but I love that pick. Yeah, when I was watching him in the preseason, I'm like, man, Avery got to watch this guy because there was some things he did. I was like, it reminds me of Morant. Not not oh, as yeah. – Morant's so explosive. It's hard, but like 80% of Morant would be great. Yeah, I've seen him in college, and that's the exact player I thought of. Um, yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to more thoughts on this game later, but I saw Ivy in person the last college game of the year, and he was – it was like noticeably how much more athletic and explosive he was than everyone else on the court. And uh, also Bogdanovich was a very nice pickup for them because their shooting was pathetic and has been for a couple of years. So just one steady guy that can consistently hit threes is what they need. Yeah. Yeah. I like the shooting that they got with, even with Burks, if he can stay healthy just to be kind of a spot up shooter to spread the court for those two guards. Okay. Anything else on their offseason moves? No? Okay, let's go to big questions, comments, concerns, hot takes for the Pistons. Anything for that, guys? Go ahead, Avery. I feel like the season is all about building around their young cornerstones and making progress. Um, Kate Cunningham is him. like He's so good. And then you got Jaden Ivey, who I think in a couple of years will be really good. But putting pieces around him and building for the future is the, the key goal for this season. Yeah, I agree competent uh competence would be great uh clint yeah they got they addressed their theoretically their shooting but my question was does their shooting the shooting they got is not from defenders like are we just moving marbles or not that they shouldn't have done the trade but are we just moving marbles around 
And it just depends on can Cade go up a level? Yeah. No. I think he can. What? Don't be like that, Clint. You you got <laughs> your guy. Cade will never be as great as Giannis. Okay. So just be yeah. happy about that. You know who else they have? I don't know if he was a draft pick or he was an undrafted free agent, but you want shooters, buddy Bayhai, baby. <laughs> um I, my, my question is this. So I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I'm okay that they prioritize offense because I'd rather watch a bunch of offensive players lose games than a bunch of defensive players lose games. And that's kind of where I'm going at is by January 1st. So I've been listening to podcasts and one, one uh, interviewed Cade, Cade, uh, Zach Lowe, I think it was, he interviewed Cade Cunningham and they're like, Hey, we want to go for the play in this year. Um, and I'm like, I don't know, like w- do you think that the Pistons should just have fun and maybe by January 1st, look at their roster and be like, Hey, let's get rid of these veterans. Let their young guys grow and let's tank for that, that seven, three spicy center there. I call him Wasabi, uh, but it's <laughs> Wimbenyama, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is that the route you think the Pistons should go? That's my big question because I'm like, I, I think I want that. Go ahead, Clint. I think mm-hmm. they should, but I think they will end up being um, just on the two or three wins too good for yeah. all the teams that are going to totally. Yeah, that's, that's I, I just right. don't think you're going to tell Cade, hey, you're not going to yeah. do what, the, what OKC does and be like, hey, dude, your ankle hurts, right? So why don't you take the next five weeks? So I, I don't think he's the type of guy that would be like, oh, yeah, it does hurt. I want to play with Wembayama. Yeah. I think their roster is just a little too good to be with, like, the truly putrid teams that are out there. Yeah, I, that's what I'm afraid of. But we do need that. We need that seven three guy. Like we need yeah. that seven footer like him. I like Duran. I do. He 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 was aggressive getting boards in the preseason. I really like what he brings. But man, it's like one more year I'll live with if I could get a ch- shot at him. But I think you guys are right. I I think what would be smart of them is by December fifteenth when all the contracts start to open up that can be traded. Look at your roster and if you're like let's say, or your record and you're like four and 18 or like 10 and 18 or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, there's definitely no way we're getting the play in this year. I would trade like Burks, Noel, Bojan. I'd trade them all for assets and just like, you know, Cade's going to still be that guy, but he can't win games on his own. Him and Ivy will be okay. But I, I kind of hope they do that, but we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. Yes, I do love the Pistons, guys. I know, I know, losing <laughs> isn't fun, but man, I don't know. This is the wrong year to be good. Um, let's uh, let's predict the Pistons season. Anybody have them? Uh, anything other than lottery? Avery, I have them as a playing team. What? Let's go. You are welcome on the podcast anytime. That's why I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I, I had them as 11. To me, it depends oh. on how, how bad the Knicks want to be. Okay. 11. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I have them at a 12, but yeah, 12, 11, 12 is fine. The Go only ahead. reason I have them as a plan team is I think so many teams go into that stadium or have them come in and they just think that it's an easy win. And you go up against these young guys that are fighting for a roster spot, fighting for everything they've mm-hmm. got. And it's a way closer game than you think it is. It feels like a trap game every single time you play them. 
it's it's not because of the talent. It's because no one shows up to the game, and it's like an inner squad practice. <laughs> That's why no one well, comes. True. To the it's Little called Caesars. Little Caesars Arena yeah. for a reason. <laughs> we have I have cousins that live there, and they sat like eight rows from the court against the Bucks for so cheap. And he's like, "Why is no one at this game?" I'm like, what's well, Detroit? I don't know why. That that's but good to hear. Changing. That's the only that's the only reason I have them as a playing team. Like yeah. teams will go in there, they expect to win, and they won't prepare at all. Yeah, that's probably true. Or they'll rest their starters because they'll be like, "Hey, we don't need Kawhi tonight. We don't need Paul George tonight. We won't need LeBron tonight." And they'll probably get a couple wins that way too. Uh, we are going to go though, Avery, to Little Caesars Arena, so we will get those tickets if they are cheap. So, do they have a Little Caesars inside the arena? We will find <laughs> out. All right. Yeah, good. yeah. Okay, uh, let's move to the Indiana Pacers. Okay, so their additions, they added um, Benedict Matherin, which was, I thought, a pretty good pickup. I liked him. That was the guy I was eyeing for the Pistons if they didn't get Ivy. Uh, they lost Warren, Brogdon, and Rubio. Uh, any any Anything to add? Any thoughts on their Ross offseason moves? I really like Matherin. I think he's yeah. a good player. Yeah, I, I actually mm-hmm. like um, him and Halliburton together. I think that'll, that'll work mm-hmm. out in the future for them. So that was a good pickup. Yeah. Okay. Questions, concerns, statements, hot takes for the Pacers? Go ahead, Chris. I actually, looking at their starting five is actually pretty solid, at least until they trade Miles Turner, which has been getting talked about for like two years now. Um, but after those five, it's like a who's who, who cares? Yeah. Go ahead, Clint. How fast will they tank? Yeah. Is what I wrote down. Like there's there is no way that if we get to Christmas or the first of the year, if this team is anywhere close to respectable, that the front office doesn't immediately just um send these guys to whoever is willing to give up an apple pie for them. I, I agree. I agree. I think I think they 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 almost have to trade those guys sooner rather than later though. That's my feelings on it because I, I know, like you said, Chris, their roster isn't really that great, but you can't have like, because you, you mistakenly win games when you have veterans on your team, like healed and Turner, mm-hmm. because they just impact the game, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in enough ways where you can sneak by and get, get win, especially against like the Spurs and the, the, maybe the Pistons, maybe, you know, like those bottom feeding teams, you know? So Yeah that they got to make trades um, sooner rather than later. Anything else on the Pacers? No. Okay. Let's predict their season. Anybody have them other than a lottery? Playoffs. No. no okay. lottery. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Okay. Let's get into the team uh, probably to beat in the East the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the only notable roster move was the addition of Joe Ingles. Uh, I have here. He, yeah. <laughs> he shoots 40% from three. Uh, he won't be really an addition right until like later in the season. So, um, and any thoughts maybe about the addition of Ingles or just, he is what he is. He is what he is. He's yeah. a diva. I, I think he's a huge pickup for the playoffs because the more he's on the court, the less Grayson Allen is on the court. <laughs> uh, hopefully the less uh, um, Joe H- George Hill is on the court. Just overall take minutes away from guys that should not be playing in the playoffs. That's fair. 
that's fair yeah uh so from as as avery said one d-bag to another from from grayson <laughs> allen to angles that's okay <laughs> okay um okay let's go to our next part uh, with the bucks big questions concerns statements thoughts hot takes go ahead avery this is the same team what do they do at the trade deadline to make them better that's really the only thing that they have at their disposal and if they even have they don't really have draft picks to trade away so they've mm-hmm. got maybe some veteran bench players to send somewhere there's really mm-hmm. not a lot they can do so what can they do to acquire somebody that makes them better come playoff time that's the only question to this team Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask this. They do gain one first round pick though, right? Because it's a year, a new year. So you do have a first rounder to trade. Grayson Allen's contract mm-hmm. is, is tradable. Um, that, and then you have, you drafted that guy at 15, right? Well, well who did you draft this year? He was kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah, Marjan Bosham. Yeah. And and there was a little bit of like development buzz with him, like maybe he could become something. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. The thing with that draft pick is that if all goes well, it's going to be like no better than like the twenty sixth pick. So it's like who who cares? That's not much of anything. Well, yeah, I I like uh, down the road. Like I feel like teams though, like they just there's some teams that just want draft picks though. Like, yeah. and if you give them an unprotected first round pick, they'll jump on it. Like it's not going to be as valuable as the Lakers, but it is worth something. And like they'll probably use that draft pick to flip for a different draft pick or something like that, or flip for a different player. Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I don't think they will trade that extra first round pick this year. I think they will do it next year because then you will come up on when Giannis can sign a further extension and they will use the 29 or the 28 and 30 pick 2028 and 2030 pick to try to acquire someone else if need be to convince Mm -hmm. him to take $500 billion to stay here. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, but I think their, their obvious concerns are health and I will put it down until the day he is no longer here coaching. Yeah, is my biggest question mm-hmm. with the Bucks. Um, so as long as, though, I think they can overcome it with health. Like I think they would have won it last year had Chris Middleton not slipped against the G League Bulls. But um, <laughs> that's what it comes down to to me is just health. If their mm-hmm. guys are healthy come playoff time, um, then I think they're good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I agree with Clint. My main question is, will Budenholzer go against every instinct in his body and every tendency he has in coaching and actually play Javon Carter as his, you know, first guard off the bench instead of George Hill because he loves George Hill because he's a veteran player and Budenholzer loves his veterans, but Javon Carter is at this point better in every single way, except for size and length, but who cares because he's got a deadly mid range jumper and George Hill is out there getting exercise because he wants an easy ring, but he doesn't actually have, want to actually do anything to get the ring. So Budenholzer, please play Javon Carter. <laughs> Go ahead, Clint. Here's why you mentioned when we talked about the Sixers with P.J. Tucker. Here's why I think P.J. Tucker was important for the Bucks, and they should have just paid him because in that playoff series against the Nets and then against the Suns, P.J. Tucker more than twice told Mike Budenholzer, 
no. <laughs> and they were on the sideline talking, and they overrode Mike Budenholzer to play their switchable defense. So from okay. that aspect, they should have just kept him because after okay. I, that – I never heard that before. That's funny. I was at the, the Suns game. There's a video of it. I'll have to find it for you. He – Mike Budenholzer called the defensive play and PJ Tucker walked right up to him and said no and pointed to someone else and then went and played defense. And he just did the, all right. Um, so yeah, coaching is, is, will always, I mean, the guy got me a ring and I'll forever be grateful, mm -hmm. but I still can't see yeah. Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. Did, did he or, or um, the shoe company that made Duran's shoe uh, a little bit bigger than his foot. <laughs> who, who should we give credit to? We don't talk about that. Okay. Okay. Let's not. Um, yeah, is there a trade? Um, is there a player out there that you guys are like, or a position that you would like to see the Bucks go after then? Uh, that was kind of my question because obviously trade is in, but is there a player, a specific player or position? Go ahead, Avery. I like Miles Turner's a lot. I don't know if that's a respectable trade or what it's going to take mm -hmm. to get him but I think he fills a need come playoff time to fill in for Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Uh, Clint. Uh, I think if they want miles Turner, they have to trade Brooke Lopez though. So I don't know if I would, as much as Brooke Lopez is aging, I think you have to ride that ship to its death this year. Uh, for me, it would be either Jay Crowder or Eric Gordon. Mm -hmm. Jay Crowder is easier to do money wise. Um, I would have to double check what Eric Gordon makes. I think it's a little more. So there would be more moving parts on that one. But I think Jay Crowder would be the closest thing you could get to a, a PJ Tucker, as much as I hate Jay Crowder, but I also hate mm -hmm. Grayson Allen. So um, <laughs> no, I think something along that line where you just, you get rid of Grayson Allen and uh, George Hill and you just force Mike Budenholzer's hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Good. Bucks fans, what do you think of the Jordan Aura signing? Do you ever see him being a player that's going to get minutes no. that mean anything? No. Um, I think they signed him because $3.2 million will be handy come February in a yeah. trade. He's, he's like that. He's got that zero. He's got zero basketball instincts at all. Or he can shoot, maybe. Or whatever. <laughs> that's what I want to ask. It comes and goes. I would have to check, but I think if you took Grayson Allen, George Hill, and Jordan Nawara, you might be close enough to get Eric Gordon. I would have to check the salary, but I think that $3.2 million is enough to get a player that's closer to $20 million than 15. Yeah. I, I, I uh, that'd be an interesting pickup Eric Gordon, but I think it's doable because the Houston Rockets are probably, we'll talk about them, but they're probably going to be tanking as well. Um, okay. Let's uh, predict Avery bucks. Contender. Contender. Is is everybody going contender contender here for the Bucks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do that. Okay, guys. Let's um move on to our next team. We have the Southeast Division. We have the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, off season moves. I actually like the draft pick of AJ Griffin. Uh, but the big move is Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. They lost Herder. Lou Williams and Gallo. Um, any thoughts on their moves this offseason? Not really, just that Murray's just a really good all-around player. Uh, Avery? Yeah, the Murray trade makes them better all the way around, like Chris said. Yeah, it's so funny. I agree with both of you, but it's so funny how many people are questioning the fit. Like, 
and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more, but like, did we not see Chris Paul and James Harden play on the same team? Like, I mean, it like two ball, dom- you kind of need two ball- people who dominate the ball on each team nowadays, right? Like, um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as big as a question mark as people are making it out to be. I think the rest of the team might be a little bit more of a question mark. Um, okay. With that being said, Big questions, concerns, statements, hot takes, thoughts on the Hawks, anything? Go ahead, Clint. The Hawks wasted their trade chip in getting Murray. Oh, you think so? See, I don't. I think this is going to be, I have them as a the eighth seed. I okay. think this is going to be middle of the road. I think the difference between like Chris Paul and the others is Trey Young doesn't do anything off the ball which James Harden doesn't either, but the benefit that the 76ers have is they have Joel Embiid um, and they have a couple other pieces. I, I I don't know. I think they lost more than they gained in this trade. And I think they'll be happy to, Trey Young is happy to have his, his guy with them and whatever, but I don't think as a team, his impact defensively will not offset the detriment of, Trey Young doing absolutely nothing off the ball. Yeah, I guess it's going to be interesting because, I, like, to me, I just haven't. Okay, so first of all, in Houston, it worked for, right, the Chris Paul and Harden, even though Harden did nothing when he didn't have the ball. So it's st- it, it still can work. Um, but I, what, what I'll say to be fair to Trey, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of his game. The, I, I think he's a great playmaker, but, like, the – the style of game where you just dribble the ball air out of the ball. And then you make the pass at the last second or shoot a shot. You're like, I'm not a big fan of that, but mm-hmm. he has not played with a single person that I would say that I would have given the ball to instead of him. Right. Like, can you think of yeah. somebody on a team that he's played with that you're like, Hey, that's the guy he should have shared the ball with. Like, I can't think of someone like that, that he's played with in the last mm-hmm. three years. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I just think the comparisons we make, Chris Paul and James Harden are better than both these guys. Mm. Um, James Harden and Tyreek Maxey are better than both of these guys. CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are better overall players than these guys, maybe not defensively when it comes to Murray. So I think what Curry and Thompson, same thing. Those guys are better than these two. So I think I get why we make the comparison, but I think everyone we're comparing them to at the time that they did it, those players were better than these two. I would say it's a hot take to say that Maxie's better than them to me. I, like, I, yeah. But that's because, well, you know, from our other ones, I think Trey young is, is close to a useless empty stat player as we have in the NBA where like, <laughs> it right. looks so awesome. And he does all this yeah. stuff and you're like, cool. Like we literally just going to run a pick and roll and PJ Tucker is going to get a layup on you and just walk out of the corner and tip it out for another offensive Ooh. board. So Trey Young, he falls into one of the few players where I'd be like, you literally, I if I was a GM, would never have Trey Young on my team, ever. Okay. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Clint. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I'm just going to add this because obviously I'm going to make separate videos for each team on YouTube. I still think Murray and Young are going to be a better duel in the backcourt than, than um, the other two, that the Mitchell – garland i like murray i think he can maybe unlock trey up without the ball if that they can work that if trey's willing trey has to be willing but i also like the defensive player that murray is like 
neither mm-hmm. guard on the Cavs play defense. It, maybe it's not their fault because they're six one, but um, yeah. Uh, Avery, you had something. I was just going to say maybe it's fair to just say they're both going to be really good and not try and compare the two. Oh no, I that I'm all about comparing. <laughs> I no no you got to no you got to in here. They're both yeah. going to be really good. Yeah yeah. Um, uh, I will also say this about the Hawks. I do think that they have one more trade in them, and John Collins has been like a trade, um, in the trade mill rumor mill for ever. I think this is the time to do it. If you look at the roster, they have a lot of young guys uh, and Bo Donovic's contract that they could trade. So there is a, a possible trade piece in there as well. I, I would say if you trade Collins, that means you're giving up on any chance you have this year for making the Eastern Conference final, mm-hmm. which is well, the only reason why I wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. I guess it just depends who they would get. But I agree for the most part because Collins is sort of your – he can play – he's he's a good player. He, right. he's a, he makes he's a stretcher. better with the pick and roll. Right, say. and he stretches as well. Yep, yep, agreed. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Anything else on the Hawks? Just that I think Nate McMillan is a good coach, and I could see him sort of figuring out a way to make these guys work together. <laughs> I would have said the opposite. And what am I? Oh, really? to I like Dave McMillan. I like him. Any good? <laughs> okay, so uh, live on air, we're going to welcome Luke into the podcast. Luke, I'm here to talk about Ben Simmons for three hours. Did we you talk about Ben Simmons it. yet? You missed it. You oh, missed Ben Simmons. Leave it for the Ben no. Simmons podcast. Okay, dude. okay, that's okay. Which teams have we already talked about? Uh, most of the Eastern conference, we have got, we've been, we've been on a good pace. So you just I, missed I, them all real quick for me. I, ha- I have just give us them all real quick. Just everything we've to. talked about. We've gone through the Celtics, Nets, Knicks, 76ers, Raptors. We have gone through the Bulls, Cavaliers, Pistons, Pacers, Bucks, and now the Atlanta Hawks. Gotcha. So I have some very, I've thought about it. So just the, all those teams, I'd like to give you my official analysis. All of those teams are inferior to the Los Angeles Clippers. They do not matter. Continue. <laughs> All right, pick them out. Pick them out. Okay, and this is where the podcast will start to slow down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, so right now what we're doing, Luke, is we are picking where the Hawks are going to um, finish the season, lottery play and playoffs, or if you see them as a contender. Um, can you give us uh, your quick two-minute thought Quick two-minute thought, Luke, on uh, the Murray slash Trey Young combo. How do you feel about that combination real quick before we predict there? Um, I think if anyone watched any sort of the off-season things, Drew Weig, all that, or all that, all that kind of stuff, um, you saw that Murray is ridiculous. <laughs> he, he might be a head case. I don't know if we can trust him. Um, I I, who was that with? That was with um, Paulo, right? That was, wasn't that. Oh yeah, world, yeah. Right? It's like yeah. Come on, man! Like, what are you doing, Dejounte? You got to be kidding me. Um, that that was really stupid. I I don't know. I mean, Trey Young's play style on its own, I was all I was all in on after their playoff run, and then last year happened, and <laughs> I think Ryan, I I don't know if you were with me, but I'm pretty sure I said the Hawks were a contender last year. You did. Um, do not think DeJounte Murray makes them a contender this year. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter and they're not going to be great. 
that I don't know if that's two minutes or not, but my, my thought is, eh. Nah. Okay. I like okay. DeJounte Murray's game though. I think yeah. he's, he's really good at basketball. I would like to see him on a different team, I guess. I don't, Trey Young has the ball like 90% of the time, it feels like. I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I, I would rather have a team that doesn't have a – they already have a player that dominates the ball who doesn't play defense. That's a bad start. It's a bad start. For That's fair. That's fair. Oh. Um, okay, so let's predict their thing. Uh, Clint, uh, what do you have the Hawks as? You said play in, right? Play in. Okay. Uh, Chris? I have them as the eight seed. Oh, okay. So playing, right? So that's a playing. Uh, oh, Avery, I'm gonna go playoff team. Okay, Avery's like, I love this team. I got them as a play-in team. Uh, what about you, Luke? Do you know what you'd have them as? I'll be completely honest. I did not look at all of the Eastern Conference teams yet to see the difference between playoffs and play-in. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm pretty sure I would have them as like the six or seven. So if seven would be play in, six would be playoffs. So uh, now I'm going to have to, for now we'll go playoffs, but we'll come back to that later. Yeah. Well, me call. and you will review it. <laughs> Good call. <they> say. <laughs> okay. Let's move on then. We're going to go into the Charlotte Hornets. That's the next team we'll talk about. Um, notable off season additions. The only one that I have written down, um, Mark Williams, the center, the seven, they needed a big man desperately. They drafted him. I don't know how good he'd be. Biggest loss was Miles Bridges. Boo. Boo. Okay. Boo. Clint, you got your hand up pretty quickly there. You want to go ahead? I was give us your say, um, you could have just put for there was more Hornets players in prison than that they added for this offseason. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> the, the additions was to the prison system, not to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Hornets are a mess to say the least. Um, Lamelo might be out for a little bit. I know he tweaked his ankle, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, any other thoughts on their roster moves, or do we want to go in the next part? Uh, screw Miles Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Luke. I'd like to second that. What the heck, Miles Bridges? Seriously, man, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on you're, cool. you're, How do you I, drop I, the bag that bad? Not, not to be like all whatever the word is you know like i you know oh i know better than this guy who's got all this but come on like you're gonna tell me if if us here if we had the talent and the ability to be that good at and in the nba that we would be that stupid to throw it away do, acting like an idiot come on man like come on get it together miles when well, you listen to this he, uh, podcast from prison, arrested, wasn't he uh, tweeting out pictures of him drinking like lean and stuff like that too? Yes. Yeah. Just yes. Like, like, it's one thing if it's like, okay, this guy made a mistake and he's a kid and he needs a little bit of guidance. We're not that, that ship sailed a long time ago. Like, come <laughs> on, you need to, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, uh, big questions, concerns, statement, thoughts, or hot takes other than what we've talked about so far when it comes to the Hornets. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I guess depending on how quickly the Pacers sell, uh, the Hornets might have the worst roster in the East. It's really, really bad. It's outside of Lamelo, who is a good player, but 
LaMelo might be a little bit of like what Clint said, the empty stats guy. I think he might be a little bit at this point anyway, it's just a flashy guy without a lot of substance. So um, outside of him, real bad. Yeah. Uh, Amy? Is this the season that Michael Jordan finally sells this terrible team to invest all in <laughs> on his NASCAR team with Tyler Reddick at a, as his main driver? I think so. And he should. He should. He's a bad owner. Yeah, Michael Jordan, uh, he's a bad owner. Currently, has okay. one car, but Michael Jordan currently has one driver employed for next year that is not suspended for next week's race. <laughs> and that is Tyler Reddick. <laughs> it was a beast, by the way. That's great. Did, did that's that one great. Get suspended. Well, yeah, you can't intentionally wreck a no. guy okay. and then a car that's not safe and send him towards the field coming and take out a playoff driver when you're not in the playoffs. It, just so we're clear, guys, the equivalent, not you guys who don't care about NASCAR, here's the equivalent of Which what is everybody happened. listening to our basketball yes, preview podcast. Go. Avery, <laughs> what are you doing, Avery? Here we go. Here's the equivalent of what just happened, friends, who care so much about NASCAR. Imagine you're watching a basketball game with, we'll say the Bucks. I'm guessing your favorite team, most likely one of your favorite teams, the Bucks. Let's say they're playing the Warriors, and it's a very important, let's say it's game two. Imagine if out of nowhere... Draymond, no, Draymond's on the team. Let's find someone not on the team. Imagine if out of nowhere, um, LeBron James came in and started doing things to mess with the game. That's basically what just happened in the NASCAR race. And then let's say that he broke Giannis's leg. That's pretty much what just happened. It's the equivalent. Like Christopher Bell is now done because what just happened. You're welcome, everyone, for that NBA NASCAR comparison. I I don't blame Luke. I blame I blame Avery on this. So you brought up NASCAR, Luke's yeah. on the podcast. Let's go Tyler Reddick, Michael Jordan. Give him a good ride. Okay, uh, Clint, you you want to get us back on track here? Oh, I just I had down is this this is going to be the worst team in the East. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do. I just want to add. I like Rozier and PJ Washington, like as kind of flyers. Uh, you know, when uh, the Lakers are looking to improve their roster. Uh, the Hornets could be a team that sells them a couple players because we know the Lakers will get desperate at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, so any anything else on the Hornets? Pretty much a bad team. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Just that Mark Williams probably yet another one of Michael Jordan's draft picks where he turns on. He has no scouting except for he turns on the NCAA tournament and is like, oh, that guy looks pretty good, and then drafts him. Yeah. Uh, Wimbin Yama, do you think he drafts him if he gets a chance? Probably not, right? <laughs> uh, Luke? No. You guys remember when Frank Kaminsky was drafted by the Hornets and everyone was like, hey, hey, hey. just tread <laughs> lightly. Hey, we want that to work out a lot. And then I believe Avery was there and we went and watched the Hornets play. Avery, were you there that day? That we, we went and watched the Hornets play and Kaminsky like torched the Bucks in the first half. And it was kind of one of those things where it's come on, but also, hey, it's kind of cool. <laughs> okay let's pray let's, uh, and they look the best ryan yeah they look the best they have the coolest get everything about it it's too bad they're terrible because it's, they look it's, great it's true it's true uh let's predict their season anybody have the hornets other than a lottery team yeah and me too okay miami heat miami heat so any additions no subtraction pj tucker so any anything on that that's pretty cut and dry yeah Okay, they might trade for Crowder. Who knows? Uh, big questions, concerns, statement, thoughts, hot takes when it comes to Miami Heat. Go ahead, Clint. Can we fully trust the team that overpays white guys so much? 
excuse he called me, Tyler Hero compared himself to hold on, who was he comparing himself to? It was like uh Doncic and um Young, I think. Yeah, I mean, come call. on. Come on, you've always wondered who's the best of those three, if we're being honest. Come on. <laughs> That's great. And any other thoughts on the heat? Uh go ahead, uh Chris. I mean, I think they'll still be a solid, but I think they're a pretty big regression candidate. They they overperform for the one seed, and I think they're taking a big step back. Lowry is declining rapidly. Uh, Hero is a fraud. Uh, Duncan Robinson is a fraud. Bam is good. You know, Jimmy Jimmy's going to do his thing, but I think they're they're going backwards. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Avery. This team still has a lot of shooters, and it's still got Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. They're going to be mm-hmm. good in the regular season. They're going to hit a lot of shots. Max Stress is really good. Um, I don't see him being as bad as you guys predict them to be. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead, Luke. They the one seed last year. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, and they like, almost won. Remember, if if Jimmy Butler hit that three, he, mm-hmm. they would have been in the finals, right? What's Jimmy Butler's three point percentage? It's not the best. That, if I recall, that shot was never going in. If I recall correctly, this is a really bad shot. Like as he was taking it, um, I just real, real quick. I don't know how, where we're at in the podcast. Cause I hopped in late. Have we had any fraudulent player rankings yet? Oh, I didn't have that on the agenda to do a well, fraudulent player. <laughs> mentioned some frauds. And I would say if the word fraud is brought up in this podcast, it needs to be led by Chris Paul, the greatest fraud oh, what, what, in NBA history. We'll get to Chris so Paul. Clear. There's <laughs> only one man who needs to be claimed the fraudulent player, and it's Chris Paul. I'll join you on the bandwagon when we get to the Suns. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Suns. We, you haven't barely missed three points. In the, Stay in the on track. Games. I gotta go to bed. Yeah, yeah, we gotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to them in the Western Conference. Okay, uh, I put down as like a statement. I think their title window's closed. It, I, I don't know. Like they had their opportunity. I think it's done. That's that's how I feel about the Heat uh, with this current roster. So let's um predict their season. Uh, let's see, Avery, what do you got the Heat as playoff team? Okay, problem, Avery. Uh, I have you at six playoff teams. Okay, and so put them as a play-in. Play-in. Okay. No, no, I'm I, I'm keeping track. This is why I'm keeping track. Clint, play-in. Yeah. Um, Chris. Yeah. Also play-in seven seed. Yeah, I actually I I have them as a playoff team. So, um, but all our all uh Luke. I'll say playoffs as well, although I don't have any rankings on anyone else yet. So we'll have like nine playoff teams when I get done with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 fix that when when we get off. I'll, I'll catch you up. Okay, I think that's every. Let's see here. Chris had yeah. something to add to that. I'm sure it was something about CP3 being a fraud. But what do you got? No, <laughs> no, just not. I don't want to get your podcast canceled, but I don't know who Jimmy Butler's stylist is, but he looks like a. Dumb- WNBA player right now. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, I, I'd have to check it out. Okay, uh, cancel my pod. I think people have better things to do, uh, better stuff to cancel at this <laughs> maybe, point. Maybe he'll <laughs> start selling weed in Russia, and he can be a WNBA player. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, let's move you can't on. Say or, that you can't yeah. say that. I said it. <laughs> it's been said. Okay, let's go to the Orlando Magic. Their biggest off-season moves was I just put down Pop uh, Paulo. Ben Caro as their best move and their only move that uh, worth note. Um, anything to about the move? Anything? Oh yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, he, oh, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. My podcast will be canceled. Uh, any, let's stay on track, guys. Chris got to go to bed. Uh, the Orlando Magic, any thoughts on Pablo, the addition of that? Uh, go ahead, uh, Luke. Okay. So I'm going to keep this podcast on track by saying that Paulo. Paulo, that's it. Uh, Thank you. Paulo was on the Pablo, grid Pablo. at the United States Grand Prix last year, and Martin Brundle called him. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> on live television. Oh, I... <laughs> he had no idea who he was. And he was like, oh, this guy is not an important person. I mistook you for an important person. And now this is Pavo's revenge season. This is this is revenge time to show that he is equally as important of an NBA of a of a star in, in the sports world as Mahomes. So he's gonna be out there to prove it. Okay, gotcha. You, you mean the United States Grand Prix for the Formula One race that you're going to be at this weekend? Uh, yes, yes, I will be at the at the next United States. That might have been not the the Grand. That was the Miami Grand Prix, right? That was in Miami this year. Yeah, that's the one. That's Miami. the one. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it was the Miami wow. Grand Prix. Not to be mistaken with the United States Grand Prix, I will be at this weekend, keeping it right on the rails for you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, you guys are just the best right now. Like that right. analysis, you can't get anywhere else. Uh, any um. Let's go to the next one. Go, go ahead, Avery. No, I think when you get Jonathan Isaac back, he missed pretty much all. Did he miss all of last year? Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. an injury, getting him back is big. Mo Bamba had a couple games where like he went off for like 35 plus points. This team has a good young core. Um, they're still rebuilding. They've got some years to, to grow, but they have some good pieces in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Any other? Uh, go ahead, Chris. Um, I was really surprised by how horrible Jalen Suggs was. Uh, he's got good size, and he seemed just like a good, solid, all-around player. So I hope he improves because he was really putrid last year. So him improving would be just incredible for them. Yeah, I agree. I like Carter as well. I thought he took a step forward last year, Wendell Carter. Carter. Um, so – to me, the one statement I had like for the the magic, we'll just go to that segment. We're kind of already there anyway. That this to me could be the dark horse team that makes the 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 playing game. Like I don't have them in the playing game. I think I I have them in the lottery. But this would be the team. They got really nice size. I like the Paulo signing and how he is a good distributor. Uh, Fra Franz Wagner, no. Wagner, Wagner, uh, yes, English people, English, uh, Wagner, he, he, he was good last year and now you're putting Ben Carroll next to him. So I, I actually like this team and this is sort of like a dark horse team in the East for me. If I had to pick one, anything mm-hmm. else on the magic? Go ahead, Luke. I like their guards. Like Cole Anthony's good at basketball and, uh, what's the faults if he continues to, it kind of just seems like he got thrown in in a pretty bad spot there when he came to the NBA. But I'm the, all of his athleticism and basketball skill didn't just go away. It was just kind of a bad spot for him. He seemed like when I watched him play last year, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, what you're saying there is not. I guess it wouldn't be a surprise or a total shock to see them take a leap. I mean, you had, you had enough young talented basketball players at some point, eventually that should matter, right? Like they should be really good defensively. They're athletically superior to a lot of teams. Um, they have those two big guys, but Carter and uh, Bamba are really tough to score on. 
because they're they're good and they move well. They shift side to side very well. They guard the rim well. Carter's more the offensive one, if I recall correctly. Bomba, or is it vice versa? Bomba's the one of them is like the rim protector guy, and the other one's kind of the more scoring. And it's just they're a really good fit. So yeah, I don't I know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see them see them take a leap as well. Yeah, Carter Carter's more the rim protector. Bomba can gotcha. spread the court. Gotcha. Uh, Chris. Um, two real quick comments. Uh, I would love to see Bull Bull turn into a player. I don't know why he hasn't. Um, I haven't seen enough of him say. I just know that he has crazy physical tools. Um, so he's on their bench. I, I doubt he'll do anything, but just I hope he would. And uh, just a quick comment. I learned just this very minute looking at my magazine that their head coach is named Jamal Mosley. I could promise you I've never seen that name before in my life until like one minute ago. So, you know, just I thought that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, any other takes on Orlando? We good with Orlando? Okay. Anyone have them? Well, no, we all have them as a lottery team because we all have our playoff teams picked already. Except maybe I, I, think, they could, I think they could push the Knicks if all, if all goes well. But, yeah. yeah, still a lottery team. So Luke, you're the only random one. Are you lottery for them, for you? Yeah, I'd still have them in the lottery, probably somewhere around eleven to twelve. But that's not because I'm really confident in the East. Like it's, I don't think there's a big difference between being like the seven, six, six, seven seed and the twelve seed. Like I just, I feel like there's an injury or two, and you're gonna get a big shift at the bottom of the East. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of injuries, let's go to the Washington Wizards. Uh, their whole team is basically an injury. Um, they lost nobody of note, but they added Monte Morris. I thought that was worth mentioning. He's a pretty solid point guard, especially backup, but I think he's going to be starting. Um, let's just go to our, I mean, like, what do we say about that? Big, big questions, concerns, statements, thoughts, hot takes about the wizards, anything good, Chris. Um, just that, uh, as much as it pains me to say that as a, this is a big Wisconsin fan, but the vibe and the general sentiment on Johnny Davis is already really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think through five preseason games, he was shooting like two for 21 or something like that. Um, what, what I said earlier, I saw Ivy in person. He looked fantastic. I thought in that game, he just dominated Johnny up and down the court. And I guess, you know, people were thinking that Johnny could develop once he gets to the NBA. But after seeing that, I, so there's no way this is an NBA player. <laughs> so, you know, I hope he is, but the, the vibe is bad there. Yeah. Yeah. When we watched him, I watched him in like the last two games that Wisconsin played and I wasn't impressed just watching him on TV. Like he, he could get open looks, but not make them. And I'm just like, he's supposed to be a shooter, but he's a volume shooter, but he's not an efficient shooter. So I don't know. Not uh, go ahead, Luke. His thing in college was it reminded me i don't know how much wisconsin basketball you guys have watched but it always looked to me kind of like an orlando tucker situation where tucker's game was kind of in the paint and closer to the rim which a physical Mm -hmm. style which really works in college because you don't have to be a big guy to make that work in college but once you get to the nba if you're not six eight or taller doing that you really can't that way it doesn't it doesn't jive so a guy who doesn't have a consistent jump shot like him was gonna have to develop a consistent jump shot or he has no chance so if he doesn't get his jump shot figured out he kind of has no chance yeah yeah i agree 
No. Um, this might be a team that sells too as well because they're just not that good. Like Przingis is going to be injured after two weeks. Beal is going to be Beal. Good, good stat, bad team kind of guy. <laughs> he needs, he needs to be second fiddle. So poor Beal. We'll see if he ends up somewhere. Okay. Anyone has uh, the wizards, any, anything other than a lottery team? I think we all have them lottery. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So Eastern conference is done. So let's real quick, just pick Eastern conference finals. Uh, who do we think is going to make the Eastern conference finals? Okay. That's what we'll do real quick uh, because we're done with the Eastern conference. Avery, who do you have as your Eastern conference final matchup? I said earlier, the East is going to run through Brooklyn. So I'm going to say them and the bucks. Okay. I like it. Uh, let's see here. Clint. Bucks Celtics. Bucks Celtics rematch of the round two series, right? Uh, Chris? Sixers Bucks. Wow. Bucks getting a lot of different matchups in this. <laughs> in a, I'm I'm gonna go with Avery here. I like the Nets versus the Bucks. I think it will probably go through Milwaukee, maybe, but I don't think that matters much. I'm gonna go Bucks Nets. Uh, that's kind of this one I really want to see anyway. Uh Luke. What do you got? I'll I'll go Bucks Sixers, but that's not because I really think the Sixers are great. It's more that we didn't t- I didn't talk about these teams. I'm sure you guys all covered this, but like I don't trust Kyrie and Durant enough that one of them won't get hurt and the other one won't have some other crazy issue. And I don't like the Celtics just as a whole, their situation with their coach and basically the makeup of their team i just don't like that i don't i don't think it fits let's go sixers at some oh. point law of averages harden has to figure it out in the playoffs right you sound like bill simmons you sounds like bill simmons or ryan rosillo ryan rosillo said that the other day is like oh, yeah he's like harden i'm not a big will- fan of his because he doesn't like paul george but anyways yeah bad. no but he, that's what he said laws of average he has to have a good listen it surprises me that you trust Doc Rivers and Harden, and but you have all these other. Did I, did I tell you that I trust them to win? No, I think they could lose in excruciating fashion, which would be the most Doc Rivers thing ever. But Embiid's awesome, so I think they can still make it. It also depends on how the bracket turns out. I don't know. I just of them, I trust Embiid the most of, of the teams other than the Bucks and players. There's also this to consider that right now it's the year of Philly. Uh, Eagles are the best team in the NFC by far. Phillies are making a miracle run to the World Series. So these things have a tendency to carry over. So do not discount, you know, city magic working. Creed 3 just got announced. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, Philly's really rocking right now. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, not entertainment podcast, guys. This is important. <laughs> okay, so. The Philadelphia podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, you guys ready to go on to the Western Conference? Thanks so much for listening to our preview of the Eastern Conference uh, season preview where we previewed every team. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Look out for part two of the Western Conference. We're going to have that out as well. Go ahead and find it in the podcast feed. Also, check out our YouTube channel, Nutty Buddy Sports. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will talk to you guys soon.